everyone. Welcome back to Run Out Radio. I'm Jerry Forsythe, alongside Mike Howerton. And as usual, we're brought to you this week by Simonis Billiard Cloth, the TAP League System, and of course, Lucasi Hybrid Cues. Mike, how you been, buddy? I'm good. We're in between trips. Just trying to keep up with everything going on. You know, we go through those phases where there's very little tournament action going on. This would not be one of those times. No, and you know it's going to be an even busier year next year, but that's a topic for another time. But there will be more tournaments next year than there were this year. Yeah, we just came back from a great event. Mike Zuglin always does a fine job at Turning Stone and need to congratulate the Rocket for uh, taking that one down, beating Alex Pagulian in the finals. And really, I just want to give my heartfelt thanks to Mike Zuglin for allowing us to turn all the lights on in the room. And with all that overhead light, we had a great stream and had a real good time there. Definitely. Great tournament. Always enjoy being there. We'll be there again here in a couple of months. Couldn't ask for much more. No, and need to really put out the thanks to all the people at AccuStats, especially Jim Fredericks, who stays behind the scenes and makes everything we do on camera possible. Puts in a lot of hours and... You know, Jim, we love you, buddy. Thanks very much. And, you know, you and I haven't really talked about it much on the show, but, you know, we're both real proud of the relationship with Pat Fleming and, and what we're doing with this streaming project. I mean, we don't get out there and and stream a million events a year, but the ones that we do go to, we try to make darn sure that we provide the best product we possibly can. Yeah, and that's all possible to Pat and his staff. They have the expertise to make that happen and just really happy lined up with AccuStats. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, Rodney won, defeated Alex in the finals. Sean Putnam took third. Dennis Hash didn't have a very good tournament. Dennis is one of those that the ongoing story is that he hasn't won that event and he's won just about every other Joss event that that has ever existed. You know, Sean is another one who who always has a good tournament there at Turning Stone. Yeah, he and Johnny and Rodney are always, seems to me, in the top five. What I found especially entertaining was the play of two of the regulars on the tour, uh, Greg Antonakis and Bucky Suventhong. I've seen Bucky's name many, many times from posting and, and writing articles on the Joss Tour, and I knew that he was the points leader last year, and I just kind of assumed, well, you know, it's because he played in so many events and Dennis didn't play in as many. That's not the case at all. I mean, that Bucky kid plays like a monster. He is a monster. He knocked Shane over to the one-loss side, right? I believe so. Yeah, and did it in pretty convincing style. As I remember, the score was like 9-4, to four, and he just didn't miss. No, he played top-notch the entire tournament. Yeah, yeah, it was good to have him on the stream. We've had some other events in the time since Turning Stone. To show you how busy we've been, we've had really quite a few events. World Cup of Pool. World Cup of Pool won by Germany, uh, Torsten and Ralph, and and I noticed in the article that Ralph claimed that Torsten held him up supporting Ralph's mistakes, which I find that a little hard to believe, not because of, of Torsten in any way, but just because I find it extremely hard to believe Ralph needed anybody to hold him up. Well, he might have been tired. <laughs> well, that could be. He had won the World Pool Masters yet again, mm -hmm. six times for him. Yeah, they're going to rename that the Ralph Cup. <laughs> well, they should. And Ralph's having a great year. It's nice to see him having such a good year in the year that 
he's being inducted into the Hall of Fame, we might want to stop and think about it. Bustamante won the World Championship the year that he was inducted, and, and Ralph seems to be back in form in the year he's being inducted. It might be like the reverse Sports Illustrated cover effect. Yeah, could be. <laughs> no curse from us. No, definitely um, not. We also just had the Predator International 10-ball event won by Dennis Rocoyo out of Manila. He beat, was it Mika in the finals that he beat? He beat Mika in the finals. I noticed a Facebook post from Mika talking about how close he was. I think it went hill-hill. You know, Mika has struggled lately to the point where it almost seemed like he wasn't out there playing in as many events as he has in the past, which... I guess if you were struggling, you know, maybe you wouldn't want to get out there and play like you would if you were winning everything in sight like he had the last two years. But I think he's picking the right time to bring his game back with the U.S. Open right around the corner. Would be a handy time. Well, I mean, if... That's that's his event, right? Yeah, if they're going to rename the Masters for Ralph, they should rename the U.S. Open for Mika. True. We also had a Seminole event that just wrapped up over the weekend, the last Seminole event of the year. Shane Van Boning. Yeah, that was taken down by Shane. So it's been a busy time the last few weeks. You know, it's not really time for us to get deep into this conversation yet, but Good. It, <laughs> it is starting to be that time of year to discuss Player of the Year. If Shane could do something on the international stage, anything, I think he'd be a shoe-in for player of the year, or at least he'd be way up there in contention. It's just that he struggles in international events. Yeah, I don't know Shane's travel habits. I know that when Americans did really, really well in international events, in fact, they dominated international events for decades, but those guys were getting to Japan and Manila and all those those places three and four days before the event to get rid of the jet lag. And now it seems like players rush in from the airport to make the players meeting, and then they're amazed that the next day they don't feel good. (laughs) Do we have anything else international before the end of the year? Yes, we have the Philippine Classic, which will be coming up in November. I think it's the third week of November. We have okay. the Japan. We have the Japan Open, which is also in November. Okay. And, and of course, you got the Moscone Cup, but there's not many people involved in that. No, that's not international. That's in Vegas. Well, yeah, okay, but it's international players. And you're going to be at that event. Indeed, I'll be at the Philippine Classic and at the Moscone Cup. Oh, lucky you! So you've got Turning Stone, the Philippines, Moscone Cup, the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Your wife's not even going to remember what you look like. She doesn't now. <laughs> uh, my dogs have to re-sniff me every time I come home. That might um, be too much information. Too much information? Not for people who watch Wilford. Oh, yeah. By the way, we do have a great, great guest coming up here in a few minutes. We're going to have Gail Glazebrook from the Rack Stars coming on to tell us all about that group and i'm kind of interested in that group because it's a good looking group (laughs) it is and they can play too yeah so we'll be getting around to that in a minute what else we got coming up around the corner of course the u.s open is creeping up on us it is everybody seems to be playing nice again so yeah we shouldn't have any problems with that i expect close to if not a full field 
I hope you're right. I don't know what this economy is doing to people. It's brutal out there. It's, I think there's um, one job for every 10 people looking for a job right now. I completely understand that. The reason that I think that there will be a full field, or at least very close to it, is the way that the amateur players look at Vegas in May. I think the, for lack of a better term, shortstop players look at the U.S. Open. It's that one event every year, that big event that you go to. And I think they look forward to it. Not only do they look forward to going to the event, but I think that they sock money aside if pool players are capable of doing that sort of thing, you know, to make sure that they're able to go. Well, we've had, in the history of the U.S. Open, we've had at least one unknown road player, who was unknown before he won the U.S. Open, come out and win the thing. After that, he wasn't a road player anymore. I'm thinking of uh, Tommy Kennedy. Yeah, I don't see that ever happening again. In this day and age, I think it's so hard for players to to go under the radar, and that's partly our fault because we are the radar. Yeah, but you know what? In a tournament the size of the U.S. Open, when you have a 256-man field, you can get one hell of a lucky draw. You can draw into an easy part of the bracket and just sort of waltz your way out to the end. The last year that Buddy Hall won it, and I'm not taking anything away from Buddy. That's why I'm using him for an example. You know I'm not putting down Buddy Hall's pool game because in my eye, he's the best nine-ball player that's ever walked the earth. But the last year he won the U.S. Open, he didn't play anybody you had ever heard of until he got down to the Final Four. Well, and by then you've got so much confidence behind you. And, you know, in the past, when they kind of jammed, it wasn't so bad last year, but the year prior to that, they kind of condensed a couple of the days and that matches ran long. And long nights, you know, days uh, where matches run until 1, 2 in the morning, that is always playing to the advantage of the road player because they're, you know, they can deal with that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Of course, I still think it'll be won by, you know, a major name, but that's just... Oh, I do, too. I think I got five guys in my hand here that it'll be one of those five. Well, what do you say we get to our guest? Well, I see the light is blinking. She may be there. Let's see. Well, we mentioned earlier that we have a special guest for you today, and indeed we do. We've got Gail Glazebrook of the Rack Stars. Hi, guys. How are you? Yeah, good. She's in her good friend Larry Busaka's office, so we're going to chat with these two for a moment. Gail, it's good to hear you. It's good to be heard. How are you guys doing? We can't complain. Mike, what you got today? Well, Gail, we're interested in exactly what the Rack Stars is all about. Tell us what you're doing. Well, Rack Stars is a new company that I started with Jennifer Beretta, and we do have two other partners, Larry Busaka, who's here with me, and Robert Moore, It initially started as just a calendar idea, and it kind of multiplied into an idea to maybe do a bigger brand idea that focuses on women in pool, and just highlighting how unique, diverse, beautiful, and sexy the girls of pool can really be. Okay. It kind of seems like maybe it's the old BCA team that you guys had, and then kind of broadening out from there? We do have the kiss of death is what you're referring to, I think. Right. Um, kiss of death does represent six of the 12 girls that we chose for Rack Stars. I don't think it was 
was meant to be an extension of Kiss of Death. It just kind of happened that way. Kiss of Death did get a bit of attention based on our win in Las Vegas and maybe also the looks that came on the team. And so New York City seemed to get a little bit more attention for the looks of the girls that play out of New York City and Amsterdam Billiards in general. It didn't mean to be an extension of Kids of Death. It just kind of happened that way, it seems. Okay. Well, I noticed that a lot of the girls that are part of the Rack Stars are East Coast. Is that on purpose, or are you planning on expanding, or where do you go from here as far as, as the membership? And then also to follow that up, for people who aren't familiar with who the 12 girls are, can you tell us a little bit about them? Sure. Yes, it was intentional to have it just be girls that are based out of New York City. We wanted to kind of give New York City the first focus because Jen and I are from New York City's pool scene. And so we got together and selected the 12 girls out of New York that we felt were the strongest 12 women pool players out of the New York City area. It turns out they're basically all players out of Amsterdam Billiards, which is kind of unique that you'd have one pool hall with that many girls that are really strong pool players. I mean, every girl in Rackstar has accomplished something pretty special inside of a pool career. And then as the brand started to become more of a focus for us rather than it just being a calendar, we have been discussing going outside of New York City and having various locations that will have their own Rackstar girls. We've already been thinking about Texas. It has a fantastic women's pool focus, and Florida, California, like the West Coast area, and even Canada. We had a a recent Rackstar party where we showed the girls their finalized calendar shoots and allowed each of the girls to basically nominate a future Rackstar. So we got some good insight into who they believe would be Rackstar potential girls in various locations around the country. And can you tell us a little bit about the initial 12? Sure. They're all girls out of New York City, as I said. Jennifer Beretta and I were the girls that thought of the idea, and then we wanted to go through kind of the women's tour here that we have, the regional tour, J.P. Newt, as well as Amsterdam. So you then have all of the Kiss of Death girls, or six of the 12. So that's myself, Emily Duddy, Michelle Lee, Allison Fisher, Olga Gashkova, and Barana Andoni. The remaining six are Jennifer Beretta, Liz Ford, Caroline Powell, Supadra, Geronimo, Yomailene Feliz. So what type of projects are you looking to get involved in? Well, we have a calendar that's launching out right now. That will be on the website available for sale within the next month, I think? Mid-October. Mid-October. We're having a launch party or introduction party at Amsterdam Billiards in November. I think November 12th is when... That's, that date's still got to get locked down, but basically between late, late October and early, early November, we will do kind of a, a hello party. We don't want to call it a launch party. It'll be a nice gathering at, at Amsterdam, handful of celebrity, handful of local billiard talent. It should be a fun, cool event, red carpet and all. Yeah, and we're going to allow the girls to sign calendars that will be for sale at Amsterdam And then we've been working with various marketing and PR companies to expand the brand outside of the pool world. We've been working with Rich Tent Productions. They're the ones that actually did the sizzle reel that you see on our website at therackstars.com. 
and we've been working with LA Media Consultants on two different reality television projects that are in the works. Lynn Fest Media Group is ready to actually take on the reality show productions. I don't know a lot about all of this. I'm more kind of the model liaison to Robert Moore, who is the one that really negotiates all of these projects. Um, let me jump in just to give you a little bit more of a concept of what's going on. I say this a lot when people ask me, what's the Rack Stars? Think of the Rack Stars as like the WWF of billiards, but minus the testosterone and the violence. That's a good, simple way to put it. We really do intend to have Rack Stars LA, Rack Stars Texas, Rack Stars Miami. I don't think that's a maybe. I think that we're starting to look at, I don't know if the auditions is the right word, because frankly, these are not actresses. These are real women with real brains who fit all kinds of demographics, who have some of them day jobs, some are semi-pro or pro players, and these women represent that middle area between the pros and the millions of, of amateurs. It's when you're in that serious amateur spot in the middle of the country, and you're not really sure as a woman, hey, can I do this for real? And then they turn and they see the rack stars and they go, wow, these girls are just like me. And it's like with poker where you've got guys like uh, Moneymaker who started off as an amateur. All of a sudden now he's a rock star. He wasn't a pro. It's the same concept. A lot of these girls are passionate, fantastic, and talented players. And there are CFOs, they're nutritionists, they're all kinds of other professions. But they're not Jeanette Lee. You know, they're not Allison Fisher, although one of our rack stars <laughs> is named Allison Fisher, spelled differently, which is kind of funny. Anyway, that's not what they are. And they're also not the, well, I'm not dissing anybody here, but the lowest level female players in the local bar in the middle of the country, they might look and go, wow, this is fun, cool. But those girls are not necessarily, or women, I should say, are not necessarily looking to possibly play at a serious, serious, serious level. Almost all the rack stars want to kick your butt. And since there's three guys, three guys on this call, guys, we're in trouble, okay? <laughs> they're going to kick our tails. That's how good they are. And they're going to teach us some things about finance, too, if we want to know. So I'll give it back to Gail. I'll shut up now. No, that was perfect. That was exactly the description I was hoping for. Well, your cause is one that's dear to my heart, helping animals. And I'd like to see you raise a lot of money for that cause. But it sounds, now maybe I'm wrong, it sounds like you're going outside the billiard industry to do your thing, though. You're not really looking for projects inside pool. Well, I mean, I think that we don't believe that there is a lot of money that could be helped in pool right now. I mean, you just, there's not a lot of money that pool can offer to these causes. You have a lot of people inside of pool, especially the amateur market. Like Larry said, there's this huge following of pool where all of these other people have a side life. Those are the people that we would like to attract to our cause because they are CFOs, they are controllers, they are business owners. They will have the money and the desire to help our cause, which what you're leading to is Animals Behind the Eight Ball, right. and it's a cause that we've started to basically help animals that are in need. All, nearly every rack star has a pet or has had a pet in their life. In New York City, we seem to focus a lot on our pets. We dress them up. We've got little booties for them in the snow. So pets are a huge part of our, our daily life here and a focus. 
And so we decided that because all of us feel so strongly about it, that we wanted to not just be so focused on ourselves and our brand and everything, but really kind of reach out to something that was near and dear to our heart. And so we started Animals Behind the Eight Ball, and we are working with a couple of different not-for-profit organizations, D-Cup Saving Teacups, which is like a mom, I don't really know exactly what D-Cup Saving Teacups basis was. They just are a bunch of women that decided that they wanted to start an organization to help their smaller pets, I think teacups. What are they? Those chihuahuas? Are, yeah, they're, they're all kinds of, oh, that well, I think one of the first animals was a chihuahua, so they, the teacup name stuck. But most of these women of various varying levels of society, let's put it this way, some of them are some of them are very, very wealthy, connected to some very, very wealthy executives, and they have really made inroads all over the tri-state society to help animals. What we're doing is associating with them and by having some of the rack stars do, oh, anything from appearances, competitions, challenges, we'll challenge local celebrities, we'll challenge local politicians, we'll have challenges inside even some of these animal charities and say, hey, you know, uh, let's play for a raffle ticket to help out the particular charity. I mean, that's kind of a lousy description, but you get the idea. So we'll be doing different events where the various rack stars will make appearances, competitions, everything from trick shots to actual challenges. And we're and not to get all, you know, mystical or, or mysterious with you, but we cannot actually say which celebrities yet, but we have, and no BS intended here, we actually have real interest in a handful of pretty well-known people who should be coming on as guest rap stars over the next four or five months. You know, back to your point before about the billiard industry and going outside of it. We look at it this way. So many of the girls live in the billiard industry every day. To us, the industry, that's going to be a given. They already have sponsorships. They're playing pro or semi-pro. They're in there. They're already talking to all their friends in the industry. They are talking to their sponsors. They're talking to other outlets from BCA, APA level, let alone the pro side. So that to me is almost a given. We are not in any way turning our back on that industry. And, and personally, I'm a passionate amateur level player. I love this. I'm in both leagues. I play for fun. I, you know, that's where I come from. And I'm more interested in this than some of the girls were in the beginning. And now they get it. They're like, oh, my God, this is going to be fun and raise awareness and be a solid brand at at some point in the near future. So the industry is critical to us. We want them to pay attention. And we expect outside industry for the interest level to go only up. And if we can have some effect, even small, on the non playing world, that's fantastic, and that'll be gravy. Mm-hmm. And we have high hopes to do that. Will, will the rack stars be showing up in mass at any major events? I'm thinking we've got the U.S. Open coming up. I don't know if any of the girls are going to be at the U.S. Open. I just don't know. I mean, there's, there's no denying that the economy right now is really, really tough. I can speak yeah. for myself as a pool player, and I know a lot of the girls are going through the same struggles. It's hard to travel to these tournaments and compete 
and put out the money when you just don't know when the next paycheck is coming. So I can't tell you that we will all be at the U.S. Open or any of us. Maybe Jen or Liz might be going out to play. I'm just not sure. The entry fee is rather high. All of the local events around here, obviously we already mentioned the event that we're going to be having in Amsterdam. And a lot of us play in the regional tournaments around here. We Almost all of us go out to Las Vegas for the BCA event that Mark Griffin hosts at the Riviera. So you'll see the majority of us out there. That's the earliest I can come up with a tournament that we'll all be at. And maybe even Valley Forge. A lot of us do go to the Valley Forge tournament that Alan Hopkins hosts. Now, I think also what you're asking is, do we have any organized plans at the Rack Stars to show up at an event? Is that is that really what you're asking? Yeah, any place that our fans could look forward to coming and meeting the girls. All that is in the works, because as you know, we're still launching. And we have a handful of upcoming dates that will probably be more like next, early next year before we have really big organized events where you've got, let's say, half the rack stars at an event that is within the billiard industry. But it's funny. We've got a few things planned that have to do more with mainstream and possibly even television and celebrity charities that are happening over the next few months that some of the girls may be making appearances at and will get an acknowledgement from, but not as an organized event specifically for Rack Stars yet. It's coming. Okay. Mike? That's pretty much it from me. Yeah, I uh, really just wanted to give Gail the opportunity to sort of explain to everyone, you know, everybody's heard about Rack Stars. We're just looking for some more details. And, I mean, it sounds like you've got, I mean, reality TV, that sounds fantastic. I hope that that works out for you. That would be a really good exposure for the game. I, um, For me, me being as shy as I am, that's probably my least favorite um, thing that we were possibly going to be doing. But I know a lot of the girls are really excited about it. I think for me, the reality show idea, I'm excited that the world would get to see this different side of pool because I feel pool has this reputation to middle America, mainstream America, that's kind of like underhanded or dirty, seedy, smoky bar area. I mean, even my mom and dad until the last couple of years were, was like, why is our daughter hanging out in this, you know, bad lifestyle? And, you know, I've introduced them to it and it's not at all what they think. And so I'm really excited for the world to see something different that pool is actually Number one, an extremely competitive sport that requires an immense amount of intelligence and focus and concentration. And I'm just really, I really hope that that's what people will see. And it doesn't hurt that there are attractive girls doing it. I mean, you can't deny that sex appeal helps promote things in a way that will hopefully grab a lot of attention from middle America. And that's what I'm really hoping for. I just really hope that it helps the pool world. I understand that it's controversial to some people don't agree with, you know, the selling of attractive girls to promote your brand, but it's just a difference of opinion. Like, I don't have a problem with it. And we do empower the girls. Like, we're not sitting here, as, as Larry put it earlier, he said it, it's, are we allowed to say TNA? Yeah, can we say tits and ass on radio? Because <laughs> they just did. Um, sure. But it really, TNA, I don't know TNA. It's not, you know, TNA is just the surface. And if we do our job well, we'll be showing that these are complex, complicated women 
for dedicated professional athletes. These are, these are not a bunch of drama queens looking to get on TV. Now, trust me, it's human, like anything. The reality show will have just as much drama as it will have fierce competitive drama on the pool table. And, you know, hey, we're all, like I said, we're all women sometimes, <laughs> even the guys. And they're going to fight. Come on, it's going to happen. It's reality. It's re- that's what reality TV is, is built on, the tension between the characters involved. There's always tension. Come on, every time we compete, guys, women, doesn't matter. There's always stress. There's always tension. That'll be seen as well. When it happens, it's going to have to show the complexities of the human beings involved. That's what we're after. And we want the rest of the world to look at it and go, wow, I can do that. This is really cool. And not only that, I didn't know women like this were involved in pool. And for me, that's the most important. I really want people to see pool in a completely different light, that it's it's the reputation that they think that is not the case. We have tournaments. We compete. You know, we prepare for tournaments. I mean, pool today is, you know, the top players in the world, they're working out. They're exercising. They're eating right. They're taking care of their bodies in order to compete properly. And, you know, like that, my mom and dad never thought that. And I don't think America or anybody that's not involved intensely in the pool world really understands that, that this is a competitive sport to me. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. (laughs) Has the WPBA made any comment to you on your efforts? And the reason I ask is the last time that a beautiful woman wanted to bring sexy into pool. It was Jeanette Lee, and she got into a great deal of trouble with the WPBA over it. No, we have not had any backlash from the WPBA at all, and we do have, I think, five girls that have played on the WPBA. Jen, Liz, Emily, Barana, Caroline, Supadra. That's six that I've named. I have not had any calls from them saying I'm getting myself in trouble or there's any concern about it. I mean, I don't think that the brand is out there enough that they they have worries. So maybe down the road, or my hope is that maybe the WPBA is evolving. That's what I'm really hoping for. I mean, you you brought up Jeanette Lee, and, you know, hey, she was a pioneer for for that style of play. I mean, hey, you know what? If it wasn't for her, I might not be playing pool right now. My background is really photography, and I was covering an event that she was the – uh, one of the guests at, and she actually did some shots, and we were talking. But, hey, as a guy, this is now 10 years ago, what was I looking at? Let's be honest. I was looking at the high boots, the short skirt, and the rest of her going, wow, this woman's gorgeous, and she's going to kill anyone in this room. This was the original Amsterdam Billiards on the west side. And I was like, wait a minute. Okay, this is a great contradiction. I love this. I want to talk to her. And I talked to her for about 15 minutes. She told me some great products to buy, like the burn videos and how to, and that's how I learned how to play pool, was because of Jeanette Lee. Hopefully, the sex part, she broke that barrier, and the professional governing bodies won't really give us a hard time, or they'll give the girls a hard time. And that's a perfect story for what we're hoping for, because while the sex brought Larry into the pool world, he's now an avid pool player. I mean, you play, what, four days a week now? Well, don't tell my wife that, but it's actually, (laughs) no, I only play once a week. Yeah, only once. (laughs) Whenever I can get to a pool hall, I, I play. Well, guys, we appreciate your time, and 
wish you all the luck in the world. Keep us posted on your projects. Send us press releases. Let us know what you're doing. We'd like to help you out. Thanks so much, you guys. We really appreciate the support, and uh, let's keep it going for the pool in general, you know, not just about us. So we really appreciate what you're doing, and keep up the great content on your program. Absolutely. Thanks again, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Well, Gail Glazebrook, what a wonderful human being she is. I just love being around her. I'm glad she's involved in this Rack Stars thing. And by the way, something that didn't come out in the interview, if you want more information on this group, you can go to their website, and it's the, T-H-E, Rackstars with a Z dot com. So stars has a Z on the end of it instead of S. It's therackstars.com. Check them out. And, you know, a comment that I meant to make, something that I, I really like to see with this group is we've seen press in the past for the latest and greatest up-and-coming player who happens to be extremely attractive and can't make three balls in a row. I mean, you can't say that about any of the ladies that are involved in this project. And it also doesn't appear to be a group of ladies who just sat down one day at the bar and said, hey, we should form a group. Well, what would we do? I don't know, but we should form a group. You know, they seem to actually have plans, and and it sounds like they have some of the right people involved to see some of those plans come to fruition. Yeah, it'd be exciting to see a reality TV show based around them. I mean, that'd be great for the game. I mean, if we had this game on primetime for 30 minutes a week every week, some people could catch an interest well, I've seen some shows on reality TV that... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I look at some of the shows that are on there now, and I go, why do people watch this? And we can't get pool on TV. And we can't get pool. We can get ice road truckers on TV, but no pool. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else before we wrap it up for the week, my friend? No, I think that's about it. All right, well, one more time. Simona's Cloth, Lucasi Hybrid Cues, and the Tap League System are the reason we're here. Please take care of those folks. They take care of us. And for Mike Howerton, I'm Jerry Forsyth. We'll see you all in a week or so as soon as we have something else to talk about. Y'all be careful out there. Bye-bye.